Welcome to a post-Cup Day edition of the Bones of Advertising. All the very best to you all and... Uh, Goodbye. <laughs> yes. Did anyone make any money on the stinking cup? Did you... Uh, yes, Gab, oh. you came home with some goodies? Yeah, I picked the winner. Um, oh, how did you do that? Just sheer luck. That's... Um, I, uh, I studied the form and everything. And couldn't Did you? Yeah. Well, so what I happened to the favourite? The favourite just seemed to disappear. Yeah. Well, I, the favourite hasn't won the Cup since 2013. 17 years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the one who won, the one I picked, it said that they did well oh. in the wet. <laughs> now, we're 16 yeah. until this Cup. So no favourites. So it would be 19 years. 2013? Uh, no, no 2003. Nine years. 20, two oh, you just picked right. right there. Uh, There's maths going on here. I'm just going to take a back seat. Get pop but anyway, back. we're not here to talk about the stinking Melbourne Cup. <laughs> through that ridiculous bear that's just dropped in from last week's episode. Yeah, we are here to talk about advertising. And this week we have got something very, very interesting to have a look at. Let's take a quick look at it right now. Okay, I'm just going to start with the ladies because this is not targeted at me whatsoever. So I'm just going to start with someone who may be interested in a brand like this because for me, it's twin birds for Burberry, not interested <laughs> one little bit. I would not give a flying fruit that about Burberry or any of the other brands either. But let's yeah. see what you girls have got to say. What the hell? 
this could almost be a what the fuck. <laughs> um, bizarre shit. It kind of, it felt to me like a really high-end version of um, Twilight, like of the Mike Teddy to werewolves and like running really quick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was fucking, yeah. It was weird. It was. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It was weird, but I don't know if it falls into the same like category as your Yeezys and stuff of it is this kind of like. New world can't really explain what it is. It's just like it's the it's the vibe of it. You know, it's almost I don't know. It it doesn't make me want to buy Burberry. I'm not Burberry's biggest fan anyway. But it's I could see it becoming like a culty kind of thing, maybe over in the US of people like aligning themselves with this mysterious weird genre that they're trying to pocket but yeah for me it was just it was a bit too odd mm. yeah yes. I was so confused <laughs> <laughs> but also so odd <laughs> like it goes for like two and a half minutes I don't know if we're showing the full thing but I had to once they all started flying and it all got a bit weird I just had to skip forward and like see if anything else interesting was gonna happen flying um so yeah I I'm really perplexed don't understand it at all I do kind of get Burberry's overarching direction and most designer brands overarching direction moving away not moving away still trying to honor their heritage and their history but trying to be a little bit more modern like Burberry have recently undergone a rebrand where they've changed their classic um font and their classic sort of heritage emblem um, to a more modern, simplified look and feel, and that's rolling out across all of um, all of their clothing and, and their bags and, and leather goods. Um, so I think it's just an extension of that, trying to be more modern um, and strip away some of um, the puffery and, and older sort of mm-hmm. ostentatious style um branding that that they were known for but for me like it's a complete miss I don't know what we're selling I don't I don't understand the story I I, I didn't get it it's like wings like Burberry makes you fly I don't (laughs) (laughs) Burberry jackets are so light that you get blown away when you wear them (laughs) didn't get it (laughs) the the whole idea of the acrobatics and then the soaring and whether it was done in situ or some of it was done 3D or, or how it all came together, that part interests me. Yeah. The actual story that underpins it, you know, we, I think you guys have said enough about that, but the actual movement and the way they've done it and obviously they were, you know, they hinged from the middle in post, they've taken the cables out, you know, however that was done. But some of that I was mesmerised by. Like I was actually... Yeah thinking, holy shit, this is incredible. When they went down over the wheat and I think in the end, don't they go over water as well, isn't there? A- yeah, there's really good transitions. I think when they went to the forest, it kind of lost me a bit when they were, the, the timing of the feet onto the trees didn't quite work, but I agree yeah. that the the production of it was quite amazing and I Extraordinary. tried to find where their harnesses were but you couldn't and it was could have been the selection of particularly the black jacket was belted at the waist so I think that they may have done a really good job of of disguising that kind of stuff but I think they could have been just as effective in 30 seconds than they were in two minutes like I think that 
it's almost like, look what we've created and we're going to keep showing you and keep showing you and keep showing you and keep I, showing um, you. And you're like, okay, enough. I disagree. I disagree. Uh, I do. And I've got, and I'm not just being churlish. I think this does something that we complain that we don't see enough of in advertising. I think what this does is this tries desperately to establish a brand feel. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we see enough of that, especially in fashion brands. And I, I think the reason we're not trying, they're not selling us anything is they're trying to help, they're trying to make us buy into an emotion rather than say, here's a jacket. It's not, yeah. this is this is so far beyond retail advertising that I think we, and we're so, and we get so caught up in, um, that sorry about that, that was, that that was Berlin. Carry on, carry on. You're yeah. doing exactly what the strategy said we should do. <laughs> I think the two-minute version I think will cut down perfectly into 15-second and 30-second pieces that will allow us to very very quickly be reminded of this feeling. Mm. And, I mean, it's a Burberry ad and the only reference to the classic Burberry fabric is that really large check thing on that on the on one jacket. Like the rest of it doesn't look like Burberry stuff at all. Mm. But it, what is the feeling? Like, what is the feeling that they're trying to get across? It's, it's, trans- it's supposed to be connection. Connection to Earth was the like underpinning creative direction of it, from oh. what I read from the, the the people that were involved in creating it. Um, yeah. I like the. I just like the fact that it takes it takes me away from from just the everyday like wearing yeah. something high fashion should make me feel something that it's it's like did you ever see um what was that horrendous not horrendous movie with steve carell and um emma stone and um uh and he's his wife leaves him and he meets yeah. up with but he you know <laughs> ryan gosling and, ryan gosling's in it oh yeah, yeah. Whatever that movie is. Crazy thing Ryan, called Love. A crazy thing that, called Love or that's something. That's it. And when Ryan Gosling first appears and there's this, you just, there's this perfectly buddy tailored shoe and that suit, you know, appears and then it cuts to this wide shot and there's him in a suit. More blokes went out and bought a suit after seeing that movie than any other time in history because it just looked amazing. It looked like you felt incredible by wearing a high fashion suit. And I think that's all this is trying to do. This is trying to make us feel something, not anything specific, but make us feel that this is this is not mundane. Yeah, it's definitely something different. Mm. It made me I feel dizzy. I think they should be congratulated. <laughs> like it's not, it's, I don't think it's, it's supposed to make sense intellectually. Yeah. I don't think it's supposed to, it's just supposed to entertain you. That's it. That's it. Simple. Yeah, I think it's also got, got the characteristics of something that will go viral and people will get you know they'll talk about it and you know yeah. all of that the positives and negatives that could come out of that but and people yeah. will hate it some people hate it some yeah. people will will love it i don't think there will be too many people sitting in the middle i, I think it's like Polarizing. and that's what fashion should do i think i mean i'm not a fashion look at me i'm not exactly a, a buddy <laughs> I I wouldn't know fashion if it jumped up and bit me on the bum, but you know. Well, I speaking think, uh, of bums, and we're about to head into a state election, so oh, I, we've got I love it. Two bums to choose from, ultimately, in my view. Um, yeah. 
And I think what, what's going on for our what the fuck, we'll just have to have a little bit of a look and a bit of a scratch at this one. Johnny, do you want to have a, a bit of an overview of what's going on and how we've come to a situation? Because we're now in this holding pattern with elections. So nothing happens now until the election. Yep. They go into what's called lockdown. You get yep. bullshit statements on websites like Vic Rhodes that say, you know, we're no longer doing anything. We can't touch this for this period of time because we're in lockdown. Yep. But... They're not allowed to. Arisen, and I'd like, yeah, you'd like you to talk about what's going on and how we got to where we are. So uh, Netball Australia was um, had landed a, a sponsorship of $15 million from uh, Gina Reinhart, the richest woman in the world or whatever, um, in Western Australia. Uh, and a young Aboriginal girl uh, is was debuting for the Diamonds and there was reference to... A, there is a there's an environmental um, uh, an ongoing environmental kind of impact thing with the with mining generally, but Lang Hancock back in the forties, Regina's dad had made some horrendous comments about Aboriginals and um, uh, what what should or should not be done to, uh, to Aboriginal people, which was disgusting. Um, and this young Koori girl had said, "I can't play um, for." Hancock with a Hancock name on it just because of what Lang Hancock said, you know, back in the 40s. And the rest of the uh, Diamonds got around her and said, well, if you're not playing, we're not playing. And so uh, they they said that they weren't going to play with the uh, sponsorship. Gina Reinhart pulled the sponsorship, so Netball Australia didn't have a sponsorship uh, of, of any of any value. They were about to go into serious financial difficulties and the uh, the uh, the Victorian Labor Party very very generously and um, uh, with no ulterior political mo- uh, um, uh, uh, thinking at all has decided they they'll step up and sponsor the diamonds for to the tune of fifteen million dollars. Time perfectly for that moment where you're not allowed to do any advertising mm. in um, and here we are talking about it. So we're actually advertising for the state labor party. There you go. That's uh, that's it. Simple, you uh, uh, know, uh, in a bottle right there. Well, How kind of them! Like that's that was so generous, kind. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. My thought it's is that it's ridiculous that the sport at this level for women can't attract the right sponsorship, mm. no matter what. So, firstly, yeah. I do think there's definitely. A situation that's arisen, you know, they've had a sponsor, the sponsor's pulled out, and surely there's bigger brands that are out there, you know, like Rebel or whoever. Like there's a myriad of brands who I think would be a perfect fit for this particular sponsorship opportunity. But then for the government to step in and say that we're going to do it, I I think although, yes, political but I'm absolutely actually wrapped that they did because now it means that they'll actually have the money they need to be able to go where they need to go. But I guess the point being that how can there not be that kind of money for women's sport? Like why is there not someone that's just gone, oh, well, you know, fuck Gina Gina Reinhart and her father for what they said ages ago? And if that's how they feel, like now if that's how they feel, great. And how come someone does this and come in and say, okay, well, you know, Coca-Cola is going to put $15,000 onto the jerseys like McDonald's is on, I don't know, calling KFC or whatever. Why aren't they just in there doing that as well? And this I think is is the problem, although it's not our what the funk, and we'll get back to that because obviously the political side of it is, but I think it's ridiculous that, you know, they're still in a situation where, you know, scrimping and begging and borrowing for every dollar they get when they're elite athletes. I don't know if you've ever had the chance to watch this. Obviously my girls have played netball, but they're extraordinary at what they do. Like, yeah. 
you've got such an opportunity to be impacting that market. And this is the part as an advertiser that gets me. You've got an extraordinary opportunity because there's a huge, vast array of young girls that are interested in this sport and watching their idols play, and you can influence them with your brand. So, you know, I find it just bizarre still that we're in that situation. But, yep, go Labor Party and get on the, you know, the bandwagon and give them the money and hopefully yep. that will get down over the line. I don't know. Um, I think coming off the back of what Craig's just said as well, that um, a lot of that is to do with the interest in women's sport and um the lack thereof in terms of viewership of women's sport and when it's on TV compared to, you know, when major um, male-led games are on of, of different sports, I think. So then off the back of that, the sponsorship seems like a, perhaps a less enticing or a less valuable sponsorship um, from a pure commercial point of view of a brand. But I think what's really great, I mean, I don't agree with the timing of it all and and what Mr Andrews is all about from a political motive point of view, but I think one of the best parts about it is it's not just sticking the the logo on the jersey. There's also the element of supporting grassroots um participation in the sport which um is really important for and like you know girls aren't the only ones who play netball met like boys do now as well um so i think yeah from a brand perspective they're probably looking at it from more of a commercial um play and comparing it to other sponsorships where they're going to get a lot more viewership but yeah if i was a brand that was big enough um you would definitely look at it from a more holistic point of view about supporting um, communities as well and how it can affect your corporate social responsibility um, and and reputation in that area. So I agree. It's disappointing that another big brand wasn't able to step up to the party. Um, but, yeah, no comment on the whole Dan Andrews election situation. <laughs> I'm going to stay out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you've got no, no comment, Kara. No comment. Um, I'm the same as Gabs and Craig. Like, I think it's it's unfortunate that a bigger brand didn't see an opportunity, not to exploit the situation, but to come in and and kind of stand with them. Mm. I think could have been a really powerful play and something that a lot of people could have got on board with. Um, I. Th- Think, I don't think any any different towards Labor for supporting them. Like it doesn't it doesn't sway me to think, oh, they're really good people now. Like it's just kind of like, oh, I guess they came in to save the day or did they compete against perhaps another sponsor that couldn't offer as much and win it? I don't really know the backstory behind if anyone else did step forward and did they kind of pip them at the post. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's... It's sad that there's been progress in women's sport, but it's still so far behind men's sport. So, you know, it's a missed opportunity to me. I think it'd be interesting to see if if it suddenly becomes, if this triggers something that allows political parties to actually get more visibility over a longer period of time. Time. Mm. Like, will the, will the New South Wales Liberal Party start sponsoring the Waratahs? Yeah, has it ever been done before? Is this the first time? I don't think it's ever been. I can't remember it when a when a when a when a government the political party has sponsored a yeah um, anything. So interesting. I, don't like, know I if wonder. It's, the, it's kind of interesting. Like, is it allowed? 
Well, I don't know that I don't think they've done it as the Labor Party. I think they've done it as the Victorian government. Yeah. Yeah. The but, logo that's going to be on there is like the Visit Victoria logo, like that. Yeah, got you. Which I think is, I think is kind of, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. It's, it certainly gives Victoria, and people are talking about it. Like, yeah, that's the that first rule of advertising, isn't it? Get noticed. So, mm. yeah, I'm all for the money going to the sport. That's for sure. And um, you know, the political aspect behind it. Well, so be it. As long as they get the dough and they can compete at the best <laughs> level they can and be the best athletes they can be, that's all what it's about, I, I think. But let's maybe chat about the election in a couple of weeks because that could be fun. Just dissecting mm. uh, Mr. Guy versus Mr. Andrew. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know what time it is? It's time. Oh I'm ready. I'm ready. Last week was a complete slap up. Last week was a complete nutter debacle. I've got to make good. I've got to make good. We're going to play a game. We're going to play a game, and it's called Would I Lie to You? Advertising is supposed to be based in truth. Okay. This is called Would I Lie to You? It's a team game. What I want you to do is I'm going to make a comment, Yes. and then I want you all to say yes or no. Okay. And the, I like this already. The two against one, so there's three of you. Majority rules will be your will be your response, all right? Okay. Okay. Although, so yes or no. Yes. Right. We're ready? Good. Here well, we go. That's no. Start that's with an yes. easy one. Start with an easy one. Coca-Cola invented Santa Claus. Yes. Yes. It was advertising. So, so the so the response is get uh, I'm gonna give that to um I'm going to give that to uh, Gabs. She's correct. Oh, she I thought they correct. did. Well done, Gabs. So she gets two stars because there's a team game. Again, trust me, the scoring makes sense. Gabs gets two who, stars. All right, who ready. invented, hold on, who invented Santa then? I thought it was a little ploy. Thank Nicholas. No, Santa Claus was invent, was, was a, is, a, is, a, is a thing that was invented hundreds of years ago to for kiddies, for like, Saint Nicholas. Johnny clearly doesn't know, so let's yeah. move to that. Chris Kringle, like from uh, from northern hemisphere snowbound countries, hundreds of years ago. Okay, okay. In the North Pole. He wasn't invented, you guys. He's real, but okay. It's real. Santa's real. Don't tell. Don't tell Gab. Um, <laughs> Nintendo was founded in 1963 to make Disney trading cards. Jeez. Um, I feel like it was, no, I feel like it, uh, I'm going to go this I need. I'm going to need, what is it, Caro? Okay, Caro, two stars, well done. Nintendo was founded in 1889 and they made Japanese playing cards. Yes. Right. Okay. Diamonds are not that rare. Yes. You're all correct. Well done. One star each. They are a girl's best friend, though. Diamonds. That's where we were going. (laughs) This whole thing about diamonds being worth a lot is that's that's, uh, uh, De Beers creating a monopoly because they've got the largest diamond mine. Like they're just, apparently, they're common as muck. But, uh, okay, carrying on. Fat is worse than sugar. For your diet. Sugar's worse. That is better than sugar. Yeah, everyone yeah. eat butter. <laughs> 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 One star each to the girl. Well done. Okay, 
Cold beer tastes better than warm beer. Oh, Gans play. Look at that. Gans just playing the numbers. Another two stars. Cold oh, beer and warm beer. I believe that cold beer tastes better. There is no scientific difference between the taste of cold beer and warm beer. It's an enjoyment thing, though. It is advertising, liking to show the little cool beads of sweat on the glass in a hot day. On a hot day, cold beer is better because it's more refreshing. But in terms of taste, there is no discernible difference, according to studies. Carol, I disagree. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. From now on, Jamie, you're only allowed to drink warm beer. Okay. Two more. Here we go. I don't drink beer, so I don't care. Um, Two more. Two more. RJ Reynolds, the largest cigarette manufacturer in the world, made a smoke-free cigarette in 1983. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Good on him for trying. Uh, they spent $325 million trying to launch a smoke-free cigarette. And Look at the dirty guardies down the bottom. <laughs> okay, last one. Last one. Okay. Cosmopolitan magazine once yeah. released yogurt as a product line. No. Yeah, I'm going yes just to. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yes, well done. They did. They did. Yay. They absolutely did. A low fat fashion yogurt. Cosmopolitan <laughs> yogurt. There you go. There you there go. go. I don't know who won. I was in harmonics. But there you go. True or false? Brilliant. Love it. Great work. That's another edition of the Bones of Advertising. Don't go changing. We'll see you all next week.